you. Thank you, church. Thank you for coming here and to worship with us. And we want to uh, thank the, the worship team for creating the atmosphere this morning. Uh, how many of you knows that Jesus moved in the atmosphere, or the Holy Spirit moved in the atmosphere? How many of you knows that it's important, the atmosphere is important? When you are here, there is one way. When you go out there, it's different. And how many of you knows that the, when the atmosphere is really right, the Shekinah of God is shining here. And when God comes, he gives and he takes. Right? How many of you got something to leave on the altar today? How many of you come with something that you want to leave here for a sacrifice to burn at the altar and for you to go with the blessing? How many of you are willing to do that today? And let's be ready to do it at the end. Come bring, bring whatever is in the obstacles in your life here and go with the blessing today. Amen? God is good. He moves in a mighty full way. He's good all the time. He's, uh, he's faithful. He's faithful. I love this song when we guys were singing that God to form our heart and transform our mind and conform our will. We want our mind to be transformed this morning and we want our heart to be, to be, to be formed and our will to be conformed to his will this morning. Have your way, Jesus, have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way, Jesus. Victory is yours, is ours as well as what you said. And we claim the victory today, amen. We claim it today. We claim it for gospel light. We claim it for each and every one of us here today. We claim it in our life today. I pray that you open our life today. You open our mind today. Open our eyes today. So we can see clearer. And our mind can be cleaner, God. And our will can line up with yours, God. And your blessing will flow. God, your blessing flow where your words is shining. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray for every heart here today. Online. Those who are watching today to receive from you, Jesus, amen. To receive abundantly, to receive from your well of generosity, to receive from you today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. God bless you. I don't know if any one of you remember those uh, little toys, the, the, the pullback car, the, the really pullback car, these toys. I don't know if you remember it. I got a little video, a short video. I don't know if uh, what Mike is ready to show it. I'll show it to you. That was uh, one of the first amazing toys I had as a little boy. And I was playing with it, and I couldn't stop. You know, I played all day. I didn't even go eat because it was so amazing. I don't know if what Mike is ready to, to put the video on. If not... 
Yeah, he was even, I mean, all the kids were surrounding you because he was so amazing. There's all this little car that you pull, you pull back, and then you release. You pull it back, and then you release it. But when, I, when I look at it on my side, I was enjoying it. But on the side of the car, there was a pressure that I put on it. And to pull it back. You know, the further I want it to go, the more I pull it back. To wind up. And then release it. So at the end, I mean, the car doesn't have to control that. You might hit collapse against the wall or maybe fall somewhere else. But the thing is, I'm going to take it again and try the same thing again with it. But for the car, it is done when you hit the wall. For the car, it is done when you fall on the cliff. For the car, it is done when you fall on the water. But for me, it's not done yet because I'm going to try that again. And that's why I'm telling you today that God is not done with us. God is not done with you, guys. God is not done with us. And then on this one, I'm going to invite you to stand up. And we're going to read from the book of Kings, chapter uh, 19. We're going to read uh, verse, uh, from 1 to, to 9. Verse 1 to 9. Kings, chapter 19, verse 1 to 9. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. And now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and to say, May the gods uh, deal with me, be it ever so severely, uh, if by this time tomorrow I do not uh, make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and went for his life. When he came to Beersheba in, Jud in, in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day journey into the wilderness. He came up to, to the brook to the broom bush, sat down there and prayed that uh, he might he might die. Uh, I have enough. I have enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then, uh, 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 then he lay down under the, under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, the, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and, and thereby, by his head, uh, he, uh, uh, there, was, there was some bread, sorry, there was some bread baked uh, over, uh, over hot coal and uh, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and drank and strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached uh, Oreb, the mountain of God. There he went into the cave and spent the night. The word of God. The word of God. May God bless his word for the edification of his people. You may, you may sit down. Sorry for the reading. I underestimated my eyes. I thought I was going to be doing better. But anyway, so, you know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so when you look at this story, 
the story kind of having a resemblance of with uh, what we explained with the car, that the little car that we pulled back. Because when we look at the life of Elijah, he was the one that actually performed a miracle that was so mighty and so powerfully done, well done. When he actually called the fire of God to consume or to burn the sacrifice, and it really happened. And indeed, just after that success that he had, and then Jezebel now, when I threat him with one word, and the word of God said, he was afraid. One word, Jezebel said, and Elijah was afraid. It takes one word sometimes to get us upset. Maybe one move, one look, one comment. After God has used us mightyfully, it takes sometimes one look from a friend, one comment. One little comment for us to think that it is done. But God is not done with you. God has not done with Elijah. He has not done with him. But what happened is, maybe after this success, he probably was switching from focusing on God to focus on himself in this success right now. And that's what I understand when the Bible says he was afraid. And there was one thing that we are afraid, but we continue moving forward. That's faith. We are afraid, still afraid of moving forward. But he was afraid and running for his life. So what does that say to me? Maybe if somehow he got switched from focusing on God and to kind of looking at his flesh. And that's why we can see all of this emotion. He was afraid. He became pitiful. He didn't want nobody to call him, nobody to be with him. Because he get, he get to be Sheba and get rid of the servant that was with him. Is that sometimes happen in church? One look, one look, one little things. And we said, don't call me, don't get in touch with me, I don't want to have, have nothing to do with you again. And he get rid of the servant over there. And he want to continue by himself to, do, to have a pity party. And go and pray that prayer with God and said, he wants to die. Elijah, it's happened to him, what about me? Elijah, he said he wants to die. He was not the one who actually gave himself life. Where does he find his authority to ask God to take his life away? That's the question we got to ask over him. He was not the one who decided to, I mean, to put himself on that ministry that he was doing. He was God, everything was God. But at some point, he decided to, to pray God and to take away his life. God has not done with him yet. He's not done with him. So sometimes what you see as a defeat, what you experience as a defeat, is sometimes for you just a time out. What you experience sometimes as a defeat, because you hit the wall. Because like the little car, you hit the wall. You think you hit your limit. You think it's a defeat there. There is no way to go. Or maybe you try the car in a very long distance, and by the time you reach the, the point, and then the, the, the momentum does get lost. You lost momentum. You think this is done there. But it's probably a time out. God wants you in that time to reflect on yourself. Reflect on who you are. Sometimes the wall is not the physical wall that you hate. It's sometimes the stronghold you got in your mind that black is blessing from coming down. And he wants you to take that time and to go back in yourself and check yourself. See, I started with you, God. Am I still going with you and continuing with you there? Or is that success that I have here has already get over my mind 
and I think I do it on my own, on my own strength. You want me to sit down and reflect on that, analyze it, and look at his hands on it, and knowing that he's the one carrying me, he's the one holding me, pressing me, pulling me back, and releasing me. It's sometimes a timeout with that we need. The time of rest. The time to really think, to analyze, to analyze the situation. And we see, uh, as, a, as a Bible, the Bible tells us, teachers, Elijah was afraid for his life. He ran away for his life. Went to, to Beersheba, and in there, he sat down, I mean, continued his journey, sat down under a tree, and fell asleep. Because he was so frustrated and overwhelmed, and so tired, feeling powerless and hopeless. Can you imagine he feel hopeless and powerless after what he has done? Where does that come from? Where does that feeling come from? Not from God. Come from probably his flesh there. How many of you have felt, have felt that way? Or are feeling this way now? Maybe powerless, hopeless. Oh, they're not going to use me. Or maybe because of the time out, you think that everything is done. And let me tell you this thing. In the time out, if you accept it for what it is, this is joyful. But if you're not... It can be really painful. Because that's where the devil will come and says, okay, you know what? You're not good for nothing. Everything you try, you know, you fail in it. That's why they put you on the bench right there. That's why they put you on time out. Because you are not good for anything. And because you look at you, you think that you can do this? Because you don't understand that you want a time out with God and waiting for him to reactivate you and release you again. And that's what happened with Elijah there. He went there and sat down and said, God, take my life. Take my life. I am no good. I am not even good. I'm good in my ancestors. What, 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 what does that mean? He's comparing himself with his ancestors. You are living your time at this specific time that God gave you to live and having a specific mission to be done. So why are you comparing yourself with others? I got different assignments than you do. My kids would have different assignments than I have right now. My parents got different assignments than I am having now. Now we're dealing with more things, more temptation than they did deal with. So this is my time. I cannot compare this time with the other time. I need his wisdom. We need this time to catch up on his wisdom. Because the wisdom yesterday cannot give you victory today. You need to catch up on his wisdom. And we see, he went asking for God to take his life. I am no better than my ancestors. No better than who? You are who you are because that's how God created you. He gives you a mission to accomplish. You accomplish it and you wait for him for the next assignment to come. He was afraid. He was not the only one that was afraid according to the Bible. When you go to Genesis 21-31, we saw the story of Abraham at a certain point. When he went to a country that was not his, you got to tell Sarah, you got to tell the, uh, Abimelech that you are not my wife, but you are my sister. Because if he knows you are my wife, they will kill me and they will take you. He was afraid. He was afraid. Afraid why? Because he didn't want to lose his life. He attached to it. And I think that's all that Jesus Christ knows. He says, if you want to follow me, if you want to walk after me, be my disciples, you got to lay down your life. And when you lay it down, there is nothing else you're going to hold on to. This is my assignment and it is my life. 
And you say he was afraid for his life. And that's when we see at Beersheba is a place that is very, that is really historic. Because you see, that's where Elijah departed from his servant. And that was the place also that Abraham signed and vowed a contract with Abimelech that he's not going to pursue him or treat him bad. He's going to treat him with favor the same way he was his favor from him. You know, at Beersheba. That's where that happened. I mean, I'm going to tell you something, guys. It, it, you will be afraid. There will be time that we will feel that the battle is over. But it's not over yet because God is not done with you. There is more for you to do. There is more for you to do. God is not done with us. And he has made provision for those times. Jesus made provision for this time. In Matthew 11 verse 28 he said, Come to me all of you who feel a worry and burdened. And I will give you rest. There are times you got to go to God, not as widow Kai Nicholas is my name, not as a pastor Pedro, this is your title, your function. There are times you got to go to God, not as the mother you are, this is the role you're playing in the society. There are times you have to go to God as the son and daughter of God. When you feel burdened by the situation that the time you go to him as the son and daughter. Not too long ago, I experienced that. I was actually, I mean, everything was kind of shaking around, moving around to me, moving around. And I didn't know how to pray anymore. I, was, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to pray. And then <clears throat> I felt that he was telling, he was communicating to me. Though. Just, I remember just me, I said something. He says, okay, sometimes when you put your knees on the ground and you don't know what to say, you can just stay there. Even if you sleep, but you sleep at the place that we will meet God. Okay? It's okay. I said, okay, I will stay there and then Worship, you know, worship or thinking about verses. Sometimes the worship doesn't come, the verses doesn't come, the prayer doesn't come, but you stay there. You, you, what, what is it? What is it? This is your time, God, but use it the way you want. And I feel like he convinced me, he said, okay, be there, not as Will Nicholas or someone who got a position or somewhere, but be there as my son. And I feel peace automatically. He said, yes, I come to you as your son, as your son. And I feel as the son of God. And I see myself with the kids. When they call me, for example, to buy them McDonald's on the road. And sometimes I don't want to buy them McDonald's. And I said, no. But deep down in my mind, something said, okay, when you said no, what if they really need it? What if they really hungry? They need it really. So I know there was a second thought. I'm going to stop and buy. I said, okay, you know what? This is the last time. I'm not buy McDonald's anymore. <laughs> and I said, God is sometimes like that with us. Sometimes he says, oh, you know, I'm not going to do it. What do you know? Somebody, they really need it. Okay, okay. let me get them ready. Maybe ready faster. Maybe catch the time with them for what preparation they need to receive it. When you go to him as a son and daughter, that means you value him, the relationship with him as your father, more than relationship with him as your boss. He's your boss. He doesn't want you to call to him as your boss, as the one running the ministry. He said, no, 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 I'm your boss. But it's even better than that. I am your father. Come to me as the father. When your boss will fire you, but the father will receive you. You might not have gone for that ministry. The father will train you and send you for another one. But you need to know how to come to him. God is not done with you. What you're experiencing is not really a, uh, let's say, uh, 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 your, your destruction. It's not your destruction. What you're experiencing, the touch you're experiencing, is, the, is a touch of encouragement sometimes. It's a touch of, of 
of attention. God is trying to catch your attention. Sometimes those things happen just because God wants to, to catch your attention. He wants you to really wake up. That ever happened to you talking to someone? We're talking, it goes on and on and on and on, and you feel like they, they hear you, but they don't really understand. And you touch the person. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I heard you. I heard you. Sometimes you need this. We can be so, sometimes so, so long into the ministry, so long in serving God, so long in doing it, and you know how to do it. You do it by routine right now. You don't have to tell you how to do it. You just do it by routine right now. You don't have to really go consult God to know what to do because you know the practice. You know how to do it. But God wants you to take the time. Say, okay, no, 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 no. You don't preach like that. You got to go to me every time you got to preach a message, though you got a lot of baggage there. There was a touch of catching attention there. When you look at it in verse 5, verse 5 it says, Then he lay down under the bush and then fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. At the same time, get up and eat. At the same time, the angel touched him. The second time in verse 7 it says, That angel of the Lord then came back the second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Then he wake up. Oh, you got more for me? God's got more for you, brothers and sisters. He's not done with you. There is more for you. He's touching you today and telling you to get up and eat. God, you got a long way to go. You think it's done? It's not done yet. You think your age is your limitation? It's not your limitation. You think the disease is your, your, your limitation is not your limitation? Think because you're aging or because you're sick or because you're that, you don't have this or that that the society requires, that's your limitation? God says no. It's not your limitation. Because he's the one doing it. If you really lay down your life to him and you let him have his way, you don't have to have all of those I would say knowledge that people have. God can work the knowledge on you. The only thing he needs from you is the willingness to go. You have to be willing to do it. That's not your limitation. And Elijah thought that was his limitation. When he think that after this sacrifice, after demonstrating this, maybe I will shut down the mouth of Jezebel. And he did not shut down. The devil will never stop. He will never stop. He said he will pursue you until the day that God will come and take you. If you really want him to stop before you can do, you will never do. You got to do this part of the fact he's not stopping, he's talking. But that's why you need to know who you're doing it for. And the angel of the Lord does touch him because God has not done with him yet. Though he was going through all of those little time of all of those feelings, you know, was, was uh, actually, uh, 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 was all of those frustration, all of those overwhelming and, and, and uh, 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 helplessing feeling you know, was on him. God was just watching, said, okay, okay, I'll let you take the rest. Go sleep. Go sleep to it. Go take the time to sleep. And then when you come back, I will touch you and you're going to eat from my table. Then I will send you again. I will reactivate you and send you again. The touch is sometimes a touch of attention that God wants. It's sometimes a knock that God gives you for a relief. Just when I relieve you. When I give you a relief, give you about, you know, a comfort telling you that I am with you. I am there. 
Even though you don't feel me, you don't see me. You don't see me because you're mature enough to do it. But I am with you. I am there with you. And when we look at in the book of Daniel, Daniel had this experience with God, experience of touch. He was going to receive a from, a, a, a from, a, a from God a message from, a, from a vision. In Daniel 10, verse 9 to 11, it says, Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. And hand touched, I mean, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, Daniel, you who are highly, highly estimated, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. Highly estimated, consider. I have now been sent to you. It said, it said I'm about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have, I have been sent to you. And when he said that, I stood up trembling. There was that touch again to comfort him, to tell him that you are highly estimated. From the day you prayed that prayer, God sent the answer. From the day you prayed that prayer, God heard you because you are highly estimated. He sent the man to bring him comfort, telling him, no, you're not alone. No, I'm not done with you. You don't hear from me? No, you're not done with you. Just have to trust me. Trust me. And I will send you a response. You will say it. And sometimes we get to look at ourselves, as I said before, and to see if it is not us who are standing in the way. The prayer might be stopped from coming because we are not willing to be transformed yet. We are not really for our heart to be formed by him yet. Because as the world tells us, I mean, as, they, as they, the world teaches us, your life or my life is my own. And we know it is not. It is God. Maybe it's time to tell him, this is your life. Have your way in it. And he sent the man to bring him comfort on this. You need to trust the word of God. You have to trust the word I'm going to speak to you. Sometimes the, the knock that you receive, the touch, is a touch of deliverance. Catching your attention, comfort you, or maybe bring the deliverance by a touch. And we know Peter experienced that in Acts 12 verse 7. It says, suddenly the angel of the Lord appears and the light sh I mean, uh, shines in the cell. And um, he, he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. And quick, get up, he said. And his chains just fell up. Sometimes God needs to touch you and to tell you that where you at is not where you're supposed to be. And just by recognizing that, and all the prayers you've been asking, all the prayers you've been praying are being answered right there because your eyes is open. God just touch you and open your eyes. He is not done with you. He is not done with us. He is not done with the church yet. 
There is a long way for us to go. There is a long journey for us to do. Because he says, I will build my church. I will build my church. Of course, we are a church. We may be a part of his assignment. Not all the assignment. But together we are the church. But the church is what he's going to build. So he's putting us here. So we do his will. Not my will. Not your will. Not for you to expect me for, to do your will. Because it, you are the standard. He is the standard. He is the standard. It's a knock of deliverance sometimes. When you feel that touch. It's not a touch telling you that you are being destroyed. When you hit that wall, it's not for your destruction. It's for you to wake up. It's for you to be delivered. Sometimes job, God just strikes sometimes for you to really open your eyes and say, oh, okay, okay, I didn't realize I was going that far here. I didn't realize that. I want to need to come back. And you set up you, you set you up for a deliverance. The strike is not for for you to be destroyed. It's not for your destruction. It's just for your attention. Attention to be put on him. It's just for you to feel that he is with you. He is with you. Sometimes you don't feel him. Sometimes the way you're going to feel him is maybe by a headache. And oh, uh, I got to pray this morning. I forgot to pray. I haven't been praying since, I don't know. Then you realize, oh, okay. Because he wants you back at his feet. Sometimes the strike comes and you don't realize that you've been going to work without praying. You've been going and then, bang, you take the exit and you hit a car in the highway. And you realize, oh my God. No, I, I, I did not pray. No, I haven't been praying for like two weeks. He's waking you up. And so said, come back to me. Elijah needed to come back to his senses. Because there was more in store for Elijah. There was more. And when you read the rest of the verse, you will see when he get to the mountain, that's where he see God. That's where God presented himself to him. That's why in the mountain, he can actually minister better. Because when I'm ministering with you now, we are all broken and ministering to broken. I cannot see everything. But when you get to the mountaintop with God, you can see better who really needs the help. And God was going to take him to that level. But before this, he, has, he had to go through that process. So he knows it's not you doing it. It's me doing it through you. God is not done with you. Whatever you, 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 that is happening in your life right now, it's not for you to be destroyed. It's not for you uh, to say that you, I mean, you are done. It's probably a makeover. So I'll be trying try to remodel you, remodeling you. As I, one of the things I take, I take away from the from pastor's conference the other day when I went there is like for every new season, we need a new commitment with God. It's something I wrestle with a lot. I wrestle with that a lot. I know every new season, there was a circle that come back. If I was struggling with finance, after a new decision that I make, maybe marriage or buying a house, the same struggle is going to come back. And I know I have to cast away the demon and then do everything. But I never consider myself to renew my commitment again. It's a new commitment with God. Sometimes the strike that you receive, what we're experiencing, is God asking you for a new commitment. Asking you for him to have 
you remodel again. Having you reactivated again in him. Man, it is not finished with you. It's not done with you. He has not done with Elijah yet because there was a long way for him. He says after he ate the food, he could work like 40 days and 40 nights because he was strengthened. God wants to remind all you are. How? He wants to renew your strength. He wants you to eat from his diet, from his menu. That's where he wants you to eat. Only his food can strengthen you. He says that uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in verse 8 and 9, he said, so he got up and ate strengthened by the food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights and to reach the Oreb mountain of God if you want to make it to the mountain of God to where the success and victory say it's not victory like happening like once in a while I hope it's happened today it's like a constant victory you live in this constant mindset of victory in the mountain of God it's not something that just happened by chance you know like one day and the other day, no, it's constantly there. You know, it's constantly there in this mountain. You got to eat from his food. Eat from his words. Eat from his words. You got to strengthen yourself in his word. Train your mind in his word. Because you need to have the mind of Christ, as he said in Philippians. He's a mind of victory. He's a mind of success. You need to have his mind. You need to think as the kingdom of God is thinking. We're living in this world, but we not belong to it. We're just here to be the light and the salt. We got to live by the standard of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of victory. It's for him to renew his strength. To renew his strength. And when you eat from the, from the table of, the, of God, I mean, you move from, from greater, from better to the best. To do the best. And we know what happened with Daniel in Daniel 1 verse 13 to 15. I'm going to read that one for the sake of time. You know when he was brought to captivity? Maybe for him he thought he was done. He was done. But God brought him there to form him on a different mindset so he can come back and do the work of God. And look at it the same way for Joseph. He was not done with Joseph. He set him to captivity so he can make of him one of the highest guy there because he keep his word. And when Daniel went there, and the, 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 king, the king ordered his servant to make sure Daniel eat from the table of the king. The food that come from the table, from the menu of the king. And he was so clear on that. If he disobeyed that command, he would have paid his life for it. And Daniel says, no. I'm here in the palace right now. I know there are wolves there. I respect the wolves. But they are wolves. They are wolves of wolves, wool of wolves. I'm living as a servant of God. And I said, I said to the servant, I guarantee you, let me eat only greens, vegetables, and water. And I will look stronger and more, I will say, my face will shine more than anyone in the palace. And the servant actually compromised with him to the expense of his life. And he let him eat the grain and water. Because why? The energy is not in what you're eating. It's in the comment of God, the obedience of what you're doing. 
the energy is not in the meat you are eating. It is in the word. God says, men don't not live from, from food, from, from bread alone, but from all the words that come from God. Because the bread is actually strengthening the flesh, but the word of God is strengthening what? The soul and mind and heart. That's what he says. So the blessing is not in what you're eating. It's in the comment of God how you obey. And he obeyed that comment. And then when it was time for him to be presented to the palace, and he was actually stronger and looked even uh, uh, more handsome than any other man from the palace because he ate at the table of, of God. That's what God is calling you to. He said, he said today, what is happening in your life is not for you to be discouraged. It's not for you to, be, to, be, to, to, to fall asleep. It's not for you to say that I am, God is finished with me. I am done with no. It's for you. It's for you to submit yourself to a makeover of God. God, he got to break you to make it. To make you. And we know this principle really well. For those who've been to military, they said when you go there, they got to break you first before they make you. As the same thing, you know, with the kingdom of God. He loves you to accept you the way you are. When, when we come to him, he really have to break you to make you. It can be hurtful. It can be painful. It can be really, 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 really painful. But you need to trust him. Knowing that he got something for you. And let me tell you something. The longer, the deeper is your suffering, you know, is the greater is your reward. The more he wants to do with you, and you see this example, the more, the, the, the further you want to do, he wants to pull you when he release you, the more he's going to pull you back to have a deep, for, for your roots to be deepened in, 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 his, in his source, in his, in his presence, in, in him, to go deeper in him. Then he's going to go great, great thing with you. The more fruits you need to bear, the more you got to be deepened in his words and his presence. God is not done with you. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. Let's say, he just wants you to have the time to reflect on yourself. He just wants you. He just wants you to really realize who you are in him. He's not done with you. He just wants you to eat at his table and be obedient and willing for him to send you. He's not done with our church. He's not done with any of us here. I got to tell you from today, you need to know it's just a new beginning for you. It's just a new beginning. Whatever it was, just leave it there at the altar and take that new beginning. Was it disease? Was it any type of discomfort? Was it someone that hurt you? Was it someone that says something that take you away from church? That take you away from the the body of Christ submit it to God and come back because he has more for you in store there is more for you in there having said that I think I'm going to invite the bishop is here to lead you guys into prayer I feel God wants wants you today to really think about these words and knowing is not done with you. Take that away from your mind. The enemy is a liar. God is not done. He's not done. He's not done. Amen.